If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you. Great to share some time with you. Study a bit of Torah to look into the Parsha to try and understand what are the salient messages, what are the salient lessons of the Parsha, what can we learn, what do we have to learn, what can we take from the Parsha, make it our own, bring light to our lives, bring purpose to our lives. How can we take the Torah, the blueprint of creation, and make it real in terms of that which we ourselves stand for? It's a magnificent Parsha that we'll soon talk about. But first of all, the special month that we are in, the month of Kislev, the month that carries in it magnificent festivals. First of all, the festival of Hanukkah in a couple of weeks' time, the festival of lights, when we celebrate the festival that illuminates the world for eight days. Every day we light another candle to tell the world that we bring light into the world. We live in a world, unfortunately, where there is too much darkness, too much confusion, too much of that which brings chaos, despair, that which brings well, the absence of light. When we bring light to the world, when we bring clarity to the world, this brings hope, this brings salvation, this brings the possibility of change and change for good. And this is what Hanukkah represents. Hanukkah represents transformation from darkness into something which is light. And not only from darkness into light, but from within the darkness we extract the light. That's the greatest light of all. And yes, right now the world is going through a tremendous, tremendous challenge of darkness. While there is a glimmer of hope, we talk about all sorts of things, vaccines, this, that, and the other. But the fact remains, as we look throughout the world, there is an uptick of the pandemic here and an uptick of the pandemic there. And people are wondering what is happening. Plans, ideas. Well, people are just confused. And we hope for light. We hope for clarity. And this is where the festival of Hanukkah comes to teach us, despite the darkness, despite the fact that the world can be cut up in the worst possible situation, there is always the opportunity for dramatic change. Not only simple change, but for dramatic change. And this is so much part of Jewish history. Jewish history is simply a lesson in understanding that there is no such thing that everything is lost. We can be in the worst possible situation and things turn around. The hand of God, the miracle of God, the opportunity to see tremendous change. Each and every one of us, you and I, each and every one of us, young, old, men, women, each and every one of us has the opportunity, has the ability of bringing about change. And this comes to the fore during this incredible, this wonderful month of Kislev. There is that beautiful energy that exists within this month. Within the Chabad community, of course, we celebrate the festival of the 19th of Kislev, Yutes Kislev, when the first Rebbe, the author of the Rav Shulchan Aruch and the Tanya, he was released from Zaris prison where he was thrown in on trumped-up charges. 
and everyone thought, what will happen? What will happen to the great Al-Tareb Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Levi? And he was miraculously released. The great story of that moment in Jewish history. Again, a transformation from darkness into light. And again and again, for those familiar with all the dates within this incredible month, this is a time where the energy for light, the energy for change, the energy for transformation is so prevalent. It's there. All we have to do is to take advantage of this moment. We have to connect with that energy. How do we connect to that energy? By making ourselves available, exercising that dimension within ourselves. We can't sit back and do nothing. People often think during the lockdown, during this time, as a result of the conditions outside, we were forced into a situation of restriction where we sit back and do nothing. That's wrong. We don't sit back and do nothing. We take the moment and use it for something and something good. We reach out. We share. We study. We read. We do whatever we can. And during the last many months, so many people have grown, have developed, have used the opportunity for change and transformation, for moments of goodness and kindness, by reaching out to themselves, reaching out to others. This is what this month tells us. This is what we have to do. Jews should never sit back and do nothing. Jews should never sit back and allow circumstances to overwhelm them. Yes, there are challenges, overwhelming challenges, but we have within ourselves the capacity for doing great and powerful things. This is how we connect with the energy of time. You've often heard me say that every single time has a character of its own and an energy of its own. The weekday has an energy of its own. Shabbos has an energy of its own. Every month has an energy of its own. The energy of the month of Kislev is the opportunity of bringing light into the world. That is our job. We can do it. Small ways, big ways. Huge transformation, perhaps not such huge transformation, but even a little bit of light is able to, in a sense, remove much darkness. Light has the capacity of doing just that. This is why we have to, in a sense, bring out the strength that we possess within ourselves and use the moment of change for change. We have to use the moment to take the energy that we possess within ourselves and use the opportunity of bringing light. And we can bring light in so many ways within ourselves through study, through prayer, through doing another act of goodness and kindness in terms of others bringing Torah light to them, bringing the light of mitzvot, bringing the light of acts of goodness and kindness into their lives. This is the month that possesses the energy of powerful light. We become the lamps that bring it to ourselves and to others. This is the month that we can do that. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM.
The parsha this week is Tiltot, and as Rashi tells us, it means children. Which children? The children we talk about in this week's parsha, Yaakov and Esav. And Yaakov and Esav, of course, the children, the twins of Isaac and Rebekah. But as we go through the parsha, we see that much of the parsha is not so much about Yaakov and Esav, but actually the life of Yitzchak. And how does the parsha actually begin? It begins with identifying who Yitzchak, Isaac, was. It says, Ve'ela told us that these are the children. Whose children? Which children? The children of Yitzchak ben Avraham, Isaac, the son of Abraham. Avraham holid et Yitzchak, Abraham who gave birth, who was the father of Yitzchak. And all the commentaries ask the obvious question, why is it necessary for Torah, who is so miserly with words, for Torah to repeat that Yitzchak was the son of Abraham, Abraham who was the father of Yitzchak? And there are so many different answers. But the point is, Torah is trying to establish a very important point of view. We're talking about the patriarchs, and not only the patriarchs of the Jewish people, but we're talking about the foundations of the world, people who transformed the world, not created the world. And for the first 20 generations, the world did not behave very well. God, unfortunately, had to destroy the world with a flood. And then again, following Noah, who was the only family that was saved from the flood, they began to behave badly again. It was only Abraham, Abraham on his own, a pioneer who rebelled against the thinking of the time, the behavior of the time. The thinking of the time was idolatry. The behavior of the time was violent and moral. And he challenged all of that, spoke about one God, spoke about ethical behavior, and he changed the thinking of the world. And a huge following became his community, became his congregation. And God's initial intention when he created the world, that the world should recognize the glory of God, that the world should recognize the law of God, that the world should recognize that human beings were placed upon this earth to take care of it materially and spiritually by recognizing the presence of one God and behaving morally and ethically in order that the world should continue in a good and positive way. Who brought that about? Abraham. Abraham is not only the father, the patriarch of the Jewish people. He is the foundation of the world because he brought into being the purpose of creation. He brought into being the purpose of God's creation. God created the world to be a place that is illuminated by faith in one God and correct behavior. This is what Abraham introduces into the world. And it doesn't stop with Abraham. It continues with his son Yitzchak. And while, of course, Abraham and Yitzchak are two separate people, both are great in their own way. Both are giants. Abraham is a man who delivers his message of ethical monotheism through the medium of chesed, of kindness. The famous story of the tent open on all four sides, welcoming everybody as long as they recognize the presence and value of godliness. 
but basically Abraham showers the world with acts of kindness. Yitzhak, on the other hand, is not so much the instrument of kindness, but rather the instrument of discipline. He demands from people the internalization of the values that he teaches. Yes, he gives. He gives with a great hand. He gives with tremendous, generous generosity and charity, but at the same time, he demands a discipline and internalization of those values. But basically, he continues the legacy of his father, of being another pillar of the world, of ensuring that the world continues along the path that his father Abraham established, that the world continues to recognize the one God, that the world continues to recognize the absolute necessity of moral and ethical behavior. And now comes the question, who is going to continue after Isaac? Abraham, we lived with Abraham for a number of weeks. Even Isaac were overwhelmed by his piety, were overwhelmed by his greatness, his preparedness to be an offering to God, a sacrifice to God, his ability to to continue the legacy of his father. And why do we ask the question at this point? Because it was fairly easy for Abraham to know who would continue the legacy after him. Because God told Abraham, your offspring Yitzchak, you have two sons, you have Yitzchak and Yishmael. But Yitzchak will be the son who will carry your legacy. Yes, you will have other nachas from Yishmael, Yishmael will have his purpose. But in order to carry your legacy as a patriarch of the Jewish people, a foundation of the world, God tells Abraham clearly who will carry on with that legacy. But when it comes to Yitzchak, God doesn't tell him which of his sons will carry on with his legacy. Yitzchak has to choose himself. He has two sons. He has Yaakov, he has Esau. Yitzchak has to do that on his own. And because he has to do that on his own, it becomes, in a sense, a dilemma. Which one of these two twins should I choose? Yaakov or Esau? And this is an exceptionally important question. Because continuing the legacy of Abraham, continuing the legacy of Yitzchak, is not only an honor, it's not only a privilege, it's something which the entire world depends upon. It's simply not something you can hand over. It is something that you have to ensure will continue in an authentic and legitimate sort of way. The Parsha opens up by saying, Yitzchak ben Avraham, Avraham holidat Yitzchak. The first and second generation were guaranteed, Abraham and Isaac, Isaac and Abraham, that continuation, that succession was guaranteed. Yitzchak now has the huge obligation, the huge challenge of how are we going to continue into the third and from the third how are we going to continue until the end of time until Mashiach comes. What does all of this really mean as far as we are concerned? The idea of authentic Jewish succession. How do we ensure 
that what our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents taught us Jewishly, we are able to give over to our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. What our forebears gave us, we are able to give to future generations, to those who come after us. Each and every one of us is a link from the past to the future. And it's a huge responsibility. Because if we don't live up to that responsibility, God forbid, it stops with us. And if it stops with us, God forbid, it may be lost forever. And as we have seen throughout Jewish history, we have lost more people to assimilation than we have lost to pogroms, than we have lost to a holocaust. Yes, the holocaust was a dark and terrible and painful moment in Jewish history, as were pogroms, as were all trials and tribulations. But the actual losses of assimilation tragically far outnumbered even those. Parsha told us, talks to us about children and children's children and children's children's children. And what role we play. How often have I heard from parents and grandparents, I can't mix into the lives of my children and grandchildren. They're grown people. They have their own lives. We have an obligation. We have an oath. We have a responsibility to our parents and to our grandparents and to our great-parents all the way back to Abraham and Isaac. What have we done and what are we doing to ensure that the legacy continues? And we simply can't sit back and say, they're grown children, they must make their own choices. We must help them make the correct choices. And not by shoving it down their throats, but by gently and lovingly and honestly directing them toward the truth and the beauty and the love of Torah. We have a tremendous obligation to show them the great story of what Torah is all about. And it's not by, well, you have to and you have to do this and you have to do that, but you have to show the way with love and with kindness. And the only way we can do that is by ourselves feeling the love and kindness that comes from the legacy of Abraham and Isaac. It's not enough for Isaac to be the son of Abraham. Isaac always has to remember that it's Abraham who gave him whatever he has. And even though he's a different character, and even though he grows up in a different generation, the values that he stands for are the very same values that Abraham stood for. Yes, times change, and things change, and technologies change, and in a sense the world changes, but core values never change. And this is what parents always have to ask themselves. Are we caught up with the shallow changes of the world, and we commit to those rather than standing steadfast 
with the eternal, everlasting values that exist from beginning of time to the present day and until the end of time. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. How do we somehow ensure that we can keep this authentic line beginning with Abraham until the end of time, till the coming of Mashiach, that God's original plan is kept in play, that God's original plan stays the entire journey with authenticity, the legacy continues. Take a look at the opening sentences of this week's parasha. Right after it says who Yitzchak was, it says that he was 40 years old when his wife, coming from the house of Basuel, Aramite, from Padanaram, etc., etc., was given to him as a wife. Why is that necessary? We heard that story at great length. We heard that story at great length just last week. Why repeat it now? Point number one. In order to ensure an authentic continuation of Jewish legacy. Find out where you come from. And you don't come from some XYZ suburb. You come from a Jewish shtetl once upon a time and before that from another Jewish city town and before that you go all the way back to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Have the patience, the time to invest in an honest search of your own Jewish history. Where do you come from? Not as some sort of interesting read. Not as some sort of, well, isn't it nice to look at this book, to look at this story and to see where do the Jewish people come from? Where do I come from? In order for Isaac to make the right choice, to which son he is going to give the privilege, the job, the tremendous duty of continuing the legacy, even Isaac has to look into his legacy. He has to look into his history. Where does it all begin? And this is so important. So many people think, well, I begin. I don't know where I begin. I begin. I was born in this and this place. These were my parents. I take a look at a picture. This is where it all began. They came on a boat to Cape Town. They came on a boat to wherever they came from. They came from some shtetl in Lithuania. That's not the way it works. Where do they come from? Who were their parents? And where did they come from? And what kind of lives did they live? What kind of lives did they lead? And you begin to understand where you come from. You begin to understand what is your molecular makeup. What is your DNA? We continue reading. Rebecca is praying. And she's blessed with twins. And there is a struggle within her womb. And she senses that something is not right. What does she do? She goes She goes to the spiritual authority of the time to ask for advice 
what is happening within me. Point number two. Not only is it important for you to understand where you come from and where your parents and grandparents and great-parents come from, but when you experience a struggle in your life, when you see confusion in your life, when you see that there is turmoil in the world that you live in, how do you try to understand what that turmoil is all about? You take the lesson from Rebecca. You go to a spiritual authority, Lidrash Es Hashem. You go to investigate with someone who understands godly ways. It's there that you ask for advice. It's there that you ask for clarity. It's not that you go to a newspaper or a radio station or a television station and try to ask political analysts as to what's going on. You try to understand current affairs. You try to understand the situation from a spiritual point of view. This is how you ensure that you continue along the straight and narrow the mission of God in creating the world. It's not an easy job. It's not a simple job. First of all, it takes a lot of time, a lot of strength, a lot of energy to look into your past, into your historical past. It takes a lot of courage to turn to someone who has spiritual insights, who understands godly ways to give you advice in terms of a current situation. But that's the reality of the world that we live in today. That's how we have to function as Jews. We get advice from every single corner of the world. We get advice from here, and we get advice from there, and we get advice from every single, everybody's a maven. We need to hear more and more from people who are steeped in the wisdom, in the mystery, in the ideas of Torah and how it applies to daily life. This is the Parsha of Toldos. This is the Parsha of children. This is the Parsha of how do we ensure that grandparents and grandchildren and great-grandparents and great-grandchildren have something in common. They are able to communicate because they share similar core values. It's because you understand where you come from and you know to whom do you go for advice in life? The Hashem, Hashem, you go to someone who understands godly ways. So when you're in shul tomorrow, even when you're at home, and you hear the parsha, you hear the Torah being read, or you're studying it on your own, read this parsha carefully. It's an eye-opener. Listen to the words. Listen to the relevance of those words. Make them your own. It's not a story. It's not, well, Isaac and Rebecca who didn't have children prayed to God and there was Jacob and there was Esau. There was this rivalry and there was this. It's not a story. It is a story, but it's a story that's talking to you. It's talking to me. It's talking to each and every one of us. Listen to what it says to each and every one of us. There is a code within it that tells us 
how to live, how to behave, how to ensure that this great legacy continues. We are the incredible link in that magnificent chain. We make it continue. And we have to do it with authenticity and with joy. And we can have a good Shabbos.